You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello, welcome to episode number 141 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. And in today's episode, we're going to learn about how exactly Pluto got its name. We're then going to have a brief word from our fantastic sponsor, Harry's. And then there's going to be a bonus why article about why movie advertisement clips are called trailers. We're going to follow that up with a lot of bonus facts about Pluto. So let's just get started with today's show. The name for the dwarf planet Pluto was suggested by an 11-year-old girl. The girl was Vanetta Burney of Oxford, England. Vanetta's great-uncle, science master of Eton, Henry Maiden, in 1877, suggested the name for the two dwarf moons of Mars, Deimos and Phobos. This was referencing the fact that both Deimos and Phobos were twin brothers, the children of the god Ares, Mars in Roman mythology, specifically being the offspring of Ares and Aphrodite. Because an 11-year-old girl suggested the name Pluto and the Disney dog Pluto first appeared around the same time, it has given rise to the myth that Vanetta came up with the name after the cartoon dog. The fact of the matter is that while the dog did appear in 1930, the same year Vanetta suggested the name Pluto, his original name was Rover. He didn't get the name Pluto until Moose Hunt in April of 1931, about a year after the planet was named. So how did she really come up with the name Pluto? As people so often did in that day and age, and not so much now, Vanetta and her family were gathered around the table, eating breakfast on March the 14th of 1930. Vanetta and her mother were living in Vanetta's grandfather's house in North Oxford, as her father, Reverend Charles Fox Burney, professor of interpretation of Holy Scripture at Oxford, had died when she was six years old. While eating breakfast, the topic at hand was the discovery of a new planet, which has since been demoted to a dwarf planet. Her grandfather, Falconer Maiden, retired head of library at the Bodleian Library at the University of Oxford, read to her the following article from the London Times, published that day, from page 14. New Planet. Discovery by Lowell Observatory. Professor Harlow Shapley, director of the Harvard Observatory, announced today that the Lowell Observatory at Flagstaff, Arizona, had discovered a ninth major planet. The planet, which has not yet been named, is beyond Neptune. It is probably larger than the Earth, but smaller than Uranus. The discovery confirms the belief of the late Dr. Percival Lowell that such a planet existed and was in fact the result of a systematic search of several years in support of Dr. Lowell's belief. Professor Shapley calls the discovery the most important since the discovery of Neptune in 1846. Of course, they got the size of Pluto wildly incorrect, but the fact that the planet had not yet been named brought the topic of discussion at the table around to what it should be called. Vanetta was well familiar with Greek and Roman mythology, and further had recently been acquainted with the planets and their relative distances from the sun. After thinking about it for a minute, Vanetta stated, I think Pluto would be a good name for it. Pluto is the god of the underworld, who could make himself invisible and generally dwelt in a place that sunlight doesn't reach, so it seemed a fitting name for a dark, remote planet. Her grandfather thought it was such a great name that he immediately went and suggested it to a friend of his, Herbert Hall Turner, professor of astronomy at the University of Oxford, who was attending a meeting of the Royal Astronomical Society, RAS, in London at the time. There was already a heated debate in Flagstaff and at the RAS meeting over what to call the new planet, but nobody had thought of Pluto. Turner wrote back to Madden in response to Madden telling him of Vanita's suggestion. I think Pluto excellent. 
We did not manage to think of anything so good at the RAS yesterday. The only at all meritorious suggestion was Kronos, but that won't do alongside Saturn. Note, the Greek equivalent of Saturn is Kronos. Turner then sent a telegram to the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff stating, Naming new planet, please consider Pluto, suggested by small girl Vanita Burley for dark and gloomy planet. At this time at the Lowell Observatory, the leading candidates were Minerva, Zeus, Atlas, and Persephone. When they heard Pluto, many loved it, as not only was it fitting from a mythological standpoint, but Pluto also started with P.L., which would be homage to Percival Lowell, who, as mentioned in the Times piece, played an integral role in the search for Planet X, the predicted ninth planet of the solar system based on irregularities in the orbit of Uranus that could not wholly be accounted for by Neptune. It should be noted, though, that their estimates of the mass of Neptune were incorrect. Planet X did not actually exist as far as Lowell defined it. In any event, Lowell died 14 years before Pluto would be discovered. When it finally came to a vote as to what to officially name the newly discovered planet, it was unanimous. Pluto. It should be noted that while Vanetta is often credited as being very clever in her choice of Pluto, in terms of having thought about subtle connections between the unnamed planet and the god of the underworld, she doesn't remember giving it that much thought. Whether I thought about a dark, gloomy Hades, I'm not sure, she stated in an interview in 2006, although she also noted, I can still visualize the table and the room, but I can remember very little about the conversation. So she may have simply forgotten how she came up with the name as her grandfather shortly after the event, presumably with a slightly more accurate account given it was fresh in his mind, certainly credited her with giving it a fair amount of rational thought, so much so that he wrote a thank you letter to her teacher, K.M. Claxon, shortly after the name was chosen, stating, I really believe that had Vanetta been under a less capable and enlightened teacher than yourself, the suggestion of Pluto would never have occurred to her, or, if made, would have been just a vague guess. As it is, her acquaintance with some of the old legends of Greek and Roman deities and heroes, and that nature walk in the university parks by which she was taught the relative spaces between the planets and the sun, and the gloom of distance, enabled her to grab at once the special elements of the situation, and to be the first to make a suggestion so reasonable as to be accepted, it appears, by the whole world of science. The nature walk he was referencing was where they take students outside and go for a walk while teaching them. In this particular walk he is discussing, Vanetta and her fellow students played a game in the park. As she said, putting, I think they were lumps of clay, at the right distance from each other to represent the distance of the planets from the sun. Whether she actually thought in such depth about the name or not, the scientists who ultimately did pick the name did think about those things when naming the planet. So finally, on the 1st of May 1930, the director of the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona, Vesto Slipher, announced the name of the ninth planet to the public. Vanessa initially received little attention for being the one who thought up the name, but her grandfather did give her £5, £247 today by retail price, but £758 today by average earnings in 1930 in Britain, which, as she said, was the type of thing he did often for her. As a grandfather, he liked to have an excuse for generosity. Her grandfather also donated, as he called it, a scrap of paper, and sent the letter noted previously to her teacher, Miss Claxon, in grateful recognition of your, her teacher's, share in Vanetta's triumphant naming of the new planet. The money he sent with the letter was used to purchase a gramophone for use in teaching music appreciation. They named the gramophone Pluto. 
Her teacher had this to say in response to the letter, which I think contains two snippets at the end, which are amazingly quote-worthy. All will realize that our part in this was small, and that much is due to Vanetta's mother, who herself taught Vanetta, and steadfastly sought the best for her. But I venture to think that this letter will be an inspiration to others as it was to me, showing, as it does, how big doors swing on little hinges. We are unable to assess our work, but we have been shown the bread of life, and if we freely cast it upon the waters, it will truly nourish. So, Harry's are back, sponsoring the podcast, and a few months ago they sent me a shaving kit, and I am still using it. Now, I only shave a couple of days a week, so I'm still working my way through the initial four blades that they sent out. So far, it's been an amazing experience, so much better than the lousy disposable blades I was buying before, and still, Harry's managed to do it for a smaller price than I was paying before. It's really a remarkable service, especially when you consider how long these blades last. If you are sick of paying over the odds for lousy blades, then Harry's the company for you. And if you go to harrys.com and use the promo code daily, you're going to get $5 off your first purchase, which makes it even more amazingly affordable than it already is. My experience has been that Harry's is really dedicated to giving you an amazing shaving experience at a fraction of the cost. The entire product oozes high quality, and that's not just in the blades, it's in the handle, it's in the packaging, it's in the shaving cream. It is a fantastic product. If you just go to harrys.com today and use the promo code DAILY on checkout, you'll get $5 off your first purchase. A fantastic deal, so go ahead and check that out. Why movie advertisement clips are called trailers The first movie trailers occurred not at the beginning of films, as they do today, but rather at the end. They were called trailers because the advertisement would be spliced directly onto the end of the reels, so the movie advertisement's film trailed the actual film. The first known movie trailer to appear in a theatre was in November of 1913. It was made by Niels Granlund, advertising manager of Marcus Lowe Theatres in the United States. The trailer was for the musical The Pleasure Seekers, which was shortly to open on Broadway. In this trailer, he included short clips of rehearsals of the musical. This idea caught on, and trailers began appearing routinely after films. This was particularly the case with cartoon shorts and serials that would often end in climactic situations where you needed to watch the next episode in the serial or cartoon to see what would happen. Thus, these trailers, in particular, that advertised the next episode, made a lot more sense at the end of the serial or cartoon than at the beginning. However, it didn't take long for movie studios to realize that film advertisements would be a lot more effective if they showed up before the movie instead of after, and by the end of the 1930s, the switch had been made. Despite the industry's sincerest attempts over the last 60 or 70 years to get the name changed from trailers to some form of previews, among industry professionals and the English-speaking audiences the world over, trailer is still a very popular term for these advertisements. Although this has begun to change very recently among the general public when referring to trailers shown in theatres, which are now synonymously known as previews. And now for today's bonus facts. As to whether the Disney dog really was named after the planet, this isn't known for sure. We thought the name Rover was too common, so we had to look for something else. We changed it to Pluto the Pup, but I honestly don't remember why, said Disney animator Ben Sharpstein, who also, incidentally, directed Pinocchio and Dumbo. That being said, given that the dog was given the name around the same time Pluto was major news and it sounded good as Pluto the pup, it seems plausible enough that the idea for Pluto probably was thanks to the naming of the dwarf planet. Bonus fact 2. Even though Lal died in 1916, he actually had unknowingly managed to photograph Pluto on March 19, 1915, but those at the observatory didn't realize what the faint object was. 
Further, Pluto is known to have been discovered 16 times without the discoverer realizing what they were looking at. The first known discovery was on August 20, 1909, at Yerkes Observatory. Bonus Fact 3 Pluto itself was finally discovered by someone who realized what he was looking at by a 23-year-old Kansan, Clyde Tomba. Tomba had been hired by the director of the Lowell Observatory, Vesto Silfer, to find Planet X. Tomba took pictures of the night sky and would compare them using a blink comparator, basically just a machine that would switch pictures back and forth frequently. This would allow Tomba to see motion of objects in the night sky. He finally nailed down what would be named Pluto thanks to three pictures taken on January the 21st, the 23rd, and the 29th. A process of confirming what it found ensued until the discovery was finally announced in the Harvard College Observatory on the 13th of March, 1930. Bonus Fact 4 Pluto is not the ninth most massive known object directly orbiting the Sun. That honor goes to Eris, originally nicknamed Xena after Xena, warrior princess, discovered in 2005. Eris is approximately three times further away from the Sun as Pluto and is the most distant known natural object in our solar system outside of comets. Eris itself is also known to have a moon, Dysnomia. It was partially the discovery of Eris that set aflame the arguments over what should be considered a planet or not. Bonus Fact 5 Venus is named after the goddess of love. It is thought this planet got its name from the fact that it is pretty to look at as the third brightest object in our solar system in the sky as viewed from the Earth, after the Sun and the Moon. The name of the goddess Venus probably comes from the Proto-Indo-European root when, meaning to strive after, wish, desire, or be satisfied. Bonus Fact 6 Mercury is named after the god of thievery, tradesmen or commerce, and travel. It is thought that the planet probably was named such due to how quickly, relatively speaking, it travels across the sky. Bonus Fact 7 Mars was named after the Roman god of war. It is thought it was labelled such because of the reddish hue of the planet, relating to blood. Bonus Fact 8 Jupiter is named after the god of thunder and the sky, and king of the gods. It is probable that it was named as such, as it is the largest non-star in our solar system. In fact, Jupiter is sometimes called a failed star, though that's something of a misnomer. Jupiter is a gas giant that didn't have enough mass to become a star. How much more mass would Jupiter need to become a star? About 60 to 80 times its present amount. The name of the king of gods, Jupiter, is thought to come from the Proto-Indo-European Diupiter, meaning godfather. Bonus Fact 9 Even though not a star, Jupiter does give off a pretty massive amount of energy. In fact, it gives off more heat than it receives from the sun. Because of this release of heat energy, Jupiter is shrinking at a rate of about 2 centimeters each year. If that rate were to remain constant, it wouldn't for a variety of reasons, but it's fun to play with numbers, Jupiter would shrink to nothing in about 7 billion years. It is estimated that Jupiter is approximately 4.5 billion years old. As you might expect from that, it was significantly more massive at its peak than it is today. While you might think adding mass to Jupiter would make it bigger, it is thought it would actually get smaller if you added significant mass, until the point where it would gain so much mass it would become a star. For instance, in one theoretical model, the threshold for Jupiter getting bigger versus smaller is about 1.6 Jupiter masses. Any more than that, and it would shrink as the pressure in its core increases. Bonus Fact 10 Saturn is named after the Roman god of agriculture. Why this was chosen as the name for the planet isn't clear. Bonus Fact 11 Neptune was named after the god of the sea. It got its name thanks to the fact that it has a nice blue color. The name Neptune probably came from the Proto-Indo-European root neba, meaning cloud, hence moisture or wetness. 
Bonus fact 12. Uranus is named after the very early god of the sky and father to the Titans. Bonus fact 13. The tradition of naming planets after mythological gods was passed down to us after Roman names for the five extraterrestrial planets they were aware of. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.